Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the importance of accountability with this simple truth. When we exhort one another, when we rebuke one another, when we reprove one another, when we admonish one another, it isn't because I am an authority over you, it's because we are speaking in the authority of the Word of God. This is what God requires you. Today we feel that everybody has a right to do what they want, and as long as they do something that doesn't affect you, it's okay. Well, what can anybody do that doesn't affect somebody else? Absolutely nothing. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. An unruly student, a disgruntled worker, a complaining church member, disobedience takes all shapes and form, but it still falls under the same category, a lack of regard for the full counsel of the Word of God. Today, Pastor Xavier helps us look at the importance of surrendering to what God wants rather than what we desire. Let's listen. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 1 through 26. I've entitled the message, Man's Responsible Accountability to God. Notice in verse 1, first of all, that the people were reminded that they were to keep all the commandments. The proclamation is for the entire law that is given. Mark that well. We are very selective people. He reminded them to keep all the law. Usually we want to keep that which is beneficial. Usually we agree with that which is, enhances us, but then we say, well, do I have to do this? Or do I really have to say that? But man is always trying to manipulate, see how much he can get and how much he can get away with. The focus here is on all the law, everything. They were to build an altar of the most basic stones without some elaborate work of artistry. Literally uncut stone, verses 5 in the beginning of verse 6. Notice in verse 6, the latter portion, they were to offer burnt offerings on that altar. Burnt offerings were symbolic of dedication and consecration to God, being entirely consumed by fire, Leviticus 1 tells us. This is symbolic. Is my life, I give it to God, dedication and consecration. God, I am yours. I want to live for you. Here I am. I am sold out to you. That's what's lacking today in people, a passion for Jesus. The individual was giving himself to God wholeheartedly, unreservedly, all the way. And so the leader Moses with the elders commanded the people to write the law in stones, first of all. That's the first step. You write down, you're accountable. You make yourself responsible. And therefore, the second movement we see in verses 9 through 13, the leader Moses and the priest spoke to the people to obey the commandments. He says, And Moses and the priest and Levi spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed and listen, O Israel, that this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Notice that the people were to take heed. The word take heed speaks of warning with in view of potential danger. We might say, be careful, look out, be on your guard. It implies a potential danger. And you know what? Satan is as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. And you know who he's looking for? The sleeping. Are you sleeping? He's looking for the sleeping. The word listen speaks of understanding and comprehension, not just hearing. Now you call out to your kids many times, but they hear you, but they don't listen, right? There's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing means they hear the, the audible sound. Johnny! 
And they go, I got 10 more tries before she really gets mad. <laughs> and after nine, she goes, I better listen, because they already know the consistency that you ruled them under. See? Listening means obedience, response. Hearing means you just get the receiver receives the message going out. They were addressed, notice, as Israel, governed by God. They were to live up to their name. Do you realize that we're called the people of God in 1 Peter 2, even as Israel is in Exodus 19 and here? What a privilege. Remember, he's holy. We're sinful. He's made a way by which we can come to him. What a privilege. Notice, secondly, in verse 10, they remind the people of their obedience to the voice of God. The statement was a command, not an option. You shall obey. Today, we feel that everybody has to have a right to speak their own mind. And everybody has a right to do what they want. And as long as they do something, it doesn't affect you, it's okay. Well, what can anybody do that doesn't affect somebody else? Absolutely nothing. And so there are no negotiables at times. He says here, you shall obey the Lord your God. That's the authority. When we exhort one another, when we rebuke one another, when we reprove one another, when we admonish one another, it isn't because I am an authority over you. It's because we are speaking in the authority of the word of God. This is what God requires you. The authority is God's. Notice thirdly, verse 11 through 13. They gave the order of the procedure. Moses commanded who the people were who would stand on Mount Gerizim, the mountain of blessing, verses 11 and 12. The people on Mount Gerizim were to stand to proclaim the blessing. In verse 12, the first portion. Then the individuals named are the sons of Jacob's two legitimate wives. In verse 12 on down. Simeon was a son of Leah. His name means heard. Levi was a son of Leah also. His name means attached. Judah was a son of Leah also. His name means praise. And Issachar was a son of Leah. His name means hire. And then Joseph was a son of Rachel. His name means he will add. And Benjamin was a son of Rachel also. And his name means son of my right hand. The Mount of Blessing consisted of the sons of the legitimate wives of Jacob. Now, on the other side... Verse 13, Moses commanded who the people were who would stand on Mount Ebal, the mountain of cursings. The people on Mount Ebal were to stand and proclaim those curses. And the individual's name are the sons now of the maids of Jacob's two wives, except for two. Reuben was a son of Leah, and his name means see a son. Now, Reuben defiled his father's bed. He had sex with his mother's maid, Bilhah. And you get that in Genesis 35, 22, and 49, 4. And so he marred his inheritance and forfeited it. Then you have Gad. He's a son of Leah's maid, Zilpah. His name means troop or fortune. Then you have Asher, the son of Leah's maid, Zilpah again. His name means happy. Then you have Zebulun, who's the son of Leah, his name means dwelling. And then Dan was the son of Rachel's maid, Bilhah. His name means judge. And Naphtali was the son of Rachel's maid, Bilhah again. His name means my wrestling. So here you have the two. You've got to get in your mind. Here's this valley over here. You've got Grism. You've got Ebal. You've got a valley between you. Okay? And you've got these respective individuals on each side. Okay? In the valley, we're going to have the Levites and the priests. 
And then you're going to have the congregation divided at the foot of the valleys on each side, respectively. An incredible sight. And they're yelling, cursed be the man, then blessed, amen. And you can see the people of the land here, and they go, what the heck is going on with these guys? What a witness of the people of the land. A people making themselves accountable to their God, to a written law, and to each other. What's the outcome of that? Order. Safety. Productivity. Something we see decayed in our nation because we've left such basic principles and common sense out. Do you understand the significance of a witness? Be it for an official document or a wedding? In a wedding, the two witnesses are the witnesses who are to be the very first to remind the groom or the bride if they ever want to break their vows. See, we think we just, well, they're our good friends. We just, we want to have them, and, and then we're going to party with us, that's all. But that's not what it's all about. We've lost the sense of witness. The best man, the maid of honor, are there as sole witness to your commitment before God and to the woman or to the man that you are vowing for life. And if you ever try to renege, it is the responsibility of the best man and the maid of honor to be the first in your face and to say, listen, I was there. You promised witness, accountability. Each of us needs to be reminded of our relationship to God, to take heed to ourselves. You and I have made a commitment to God as we gave our life to Him, as we repented of our sins. Every day we say, Lord, lead me, guide me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, empower me to listen to His voice and then follow through to obey His word even when it's not convenient. And it's hard sometimes, isn't it? But the fruit of it afterwards is tremendous. Number one, it changes me, and that's the best fruit. And secondly, the blessing of God. To know that you're doing exactly what pleases Him and how it affects the lives of others. But also to the fact that we are His people. Man, what an incredible thing we're to take heed to. We are the children of God. We're to be careful what we do, who we're with, where we go, what we say. Why? Because we have a family name to protect. We are the children of God. Each of us is reminded of our accountability to God through teaching every time. As this word is going forth, God is nailing you and nailing me. Reminding me of who I am and what God requires of me. As preaching goes out, the non-believer is pierced to his heart and he for the first time understands and sees his drastic position of being lost and headed for hell and he runs to God. Through reproof, the word goes forth and nails me in areas and reproves me in my error. And I thought I was so right and then I'm sitting and the preacher's teaching and all of a sudden God deals with me and it has nothing to do with, with what I was going on but God nails me. He reproves me by His Spirit. Other times He rebukes me because I need to be rebuked because I think I'm so right and I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm dead right. <laughs> That's the problem. But He always exhorts me through His Word. After he chastens, rebukes me, he exhorts me. He says, abide in me, trust me, call on me. 
Walk with me, and I will never fail you. So the leader Moses and the priest spoke to the people to obey the commandments. Now it leads us to the final movement. Verses 14 through 26. The Levites pronounced the curses to the people. See, first you write them, right? Then you are held accountable to obey. And all of a sudden, here is the consequences and the fruit of the choice. Notice first in verse 14, the Levites were to speak with a loud voice the blessings and the cursings. The proclamations were to all the men of Israel, mark it well. The men were the heads of their families and their homes, responsible for their homes. That is God's creative order. Today's society is confused. Men don't know of their women, women don't know of their men. And once they turn themselves into men, they don't know if they want to stay there. Uh, it's a real confusing society. Now, I understand that women, for the most part, are the more spiritual than men. But I want to tell you something, men. That's not the way God intended it. It's not because we're defective. It's because we're lazy. We don't give time to the Word. We don't give time to prayer. We don't give time to be involved in the church. The women do. And so we have to align ourselves with God's creative order. We are the heads of the home to administrate the authority, the policy, the discipline. That does not mean that the wife cannot discipline the children in your absence. She is acting in your authority and as the second in command. But the authority and submission never implies inferiority. It implies effectiveness. That's what it's for. Absolutely. Men, you need to take your place. Heads of the home, the high priest. Ladies, abdicate the throne. Get off of it. It'll do wonders for you, your home, and your children. The Levite stood next to the ark before the priest and proclaimed the blessings, the cursing from the middle of the valley while half of Israel stood on the one mount, half on the other. Now, not right on top, but at the base of it, just the respective leaders on the mount. And you get this in Joshua chapter 8, around verse 33, 34, 35. That's where the fulfillment of this command is as he went into the land. And so you have this whole scene, this whole scenario in obedience to God, an acknowledgement of his faithfulness, of his goodness, the accountability to the law. But then notice, secondly, in verses 15 through 26, you have the curses, and they are 12 in number. And they are personal, not national. Mark that well. The national ones are given in the following chapter. These are personal. Certainly an extension of these personal can be applied to national, but they are personal. Now, why aren't blessings also mentioned here, 12 in number, like the curses? It's very simple. It's because we always have to be reminded of the negative more than the positive. We do the positive automatically, what's good for us. Stop and think how many times you were confronted on the negatives by your parents. And it turned out to a positive. You know why we have to be pronounced negative things? Because we're sinners. We're dirty, rotten sinners. We have a bent towards sin. 
We do have potential for good, but the bent is towards sin. Always. Read the Ten Commandments. How many times is negative? Let's go through these curses. There are 12 in number. And remember, there's 12 tribes. Maybe a coincidence, maybe not. Cursed be anyone who makes any carved Im molded image. Verse 15. That would be a violation of the first and second commandment in Exodus 20, verse 3 through 4. God is a spirit. You worship him in spirit and in truth. The practice was an abomination to the Lord. Detestable, literally. It's due to being the work of man's hand, his craftiness, in the likeness of a human form. So we have ourselves, we see eyes, we see ears, and so we make this little fill, we put eyes on them, ears and hands. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have hands they can't handle. They have feet they can't walk. So now you have become like your God. They are insensate. You become insensate. You can't hear God. You can't see God. And, and, and you become like your God. Jeremiah says the guy goes out to the woods and he chops down a, a tree. He takes a piece and he makes his God and he bows down to it. He takes another piece of the same wood. He makes a stool to sit on. He takes some more wood and he cooks his food. How ludicrous. And they become just like their God, the psalmist says. Yes, the scriptures say the eye of God, the hand of God. But those are anthropomorphic terms to let us know exactly what is happening in God's actions. But it doesn't mean that God has literal hands and eyes. Otherwise, you have to take the scripture that literally says that he, he hides you under his wing. Now he's a chicken? God hates idolatry. He hates it. Secondly, the second curse, verse 16, curse the one who treats his father and mother with contempt. That would violate the fifth commandment, to honor your father and mother, in Exodus 20, verse 12. It includes speaking disrespectfully and striking. Isn't that a, a, a treacherous thing that goes on today? So I, sometimes I hear the way kids speak to their parents. I want to go up and bust them right in the mouth. Just knock them down. A cursed generation. It's our generation today. No natural affection or love. So kids sue their parents, they divorce their parents, they malign their parents, they do everything. The third curse in verse 17, curse would be the one who moves his neighbor's landmark. That would violate the 10th commandment, coveting someone's goods, Exodus 20, verse 17. Also Deuteronomy 19 and 14. Now, they didn't have surveyors in those days, and they didn't come out and mark them out with different things in the sidewalk. You know, they didn't have sidewalks, so you get a couple of stones, put them up, say, okay, here's the landmark. And there you come at 3 in the morning, pick those suckers up, take them 20 yards down to get some more realty. He says, don't do that. <laughs> Verse 4. And then all the people say, amen. After all this, amen, amen. They're accountable when they say amen. Then in the fourth curse... In verse 18, cursed be the one who makes a blind to wander off the road. You say, I would never do that, liar. You remember being in school, some of the stuff you did to other kids? You say, hey, watch this, man. You know, person's humble, humiliated, embarrassed. Don't you wish you could go back and undo a lot of those things? I mean, we're bad. Here's a blind guy coming around, and you're going to put something to trip him up. Or he says, hey, can you take me across the street? And you take him down an alley and, you know, into something else. But see, that's the heart of man. That would violate compassion for the handicap and disability. Leviticus 19.14 will confirm that. Why? There's being no fear of God. See, when you don't fear God, you do dumb, stupid things. Because you know why? Because life's just one big joke. It's just there for you to have fun. Right? At everyone's expense. All the people say amen. The 
Fifth curse is found in verse 19. Cursed be the one who perverts the justice for the stranger, fathers, and widows. That would violate the ninth commandment, bearing false witness in Exodus 20, verse 16. And also Leviticus 19.33 and Deuteronomy 10.18. You can find different cross-references. All the people say amen. See, God protects the fatherless, the widows, the stranger. The next curse, the sixth one. I'm going to take 6, 8, and 9 together. Verses 20, 22, and 23 because they're sexual. Cursed be the one who lies with his father's wife, his sister, his stepsister, his mother-in-law, for that would be uncovering his father's bed and commit incest. Again, this would be a violation of the seventh commandment, adultery, sexual sin, Exodus 20, verse 4. We've gone over Leviticus 18, 8, uh, Deuteronomy 22, 30. It speaks about all those sexual relationships. God has a proper way for you to have sex, and that is with your wife or with your husband and no one else. All the people say Amen. Then seventhly, you have here verse 21, Cursed be the one who lies with any kind of animal. This was the practice of the Canaanites, bestiality. You might think this is repulsive, but that goes on. It's the bottom of the barrel. Exodus 22, 19, Leviticus 18, 23, and many other areas tell you that. Tenth, you have verse 24, Cursed be the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. That would violate the sixth commandment, murder, Exodus 20, 13. For man was made in the image of God in Genesis 9, 6, so he would be killed. Everybody would say Amen. Then verse 25, the 11th, cursed be the man who takes a bride to slay an innocent person. So this again would violate the sixth commandment, murder. Exodus 20, 13, all the people say amen. Anybody who took money to kill somebody else, they would be killed. Twelfth and last, verse 26, cursed be the one who does not confirm all the words of the law. This would violate the covenant with God. This would bring upon them the curses they have heard. All the people were to say amen. All of these negative curses, if obeyed, would bring about positive blessings on each individual as well as the nation. Every one of them. And so the Levites pronounced the curses to the people. You know, whenever a policeman arrests somebody, they say, have you, you have the right to remain silent, to have, you have the right to an attorney, if not one will be appointed to you, so on and so forth. Why? So that the person understands the consequences to their response, yes or no. And so you write something down, you say you understand it, and then you make the choice. And then you have to live with the choice you made. Responsibility, accountability. The church needs men who will pronounce the word of God in its full counsel. Warnings and promises, not selective teachings. Go through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. The denunciation of sin is a very beneficial way by which society expels sin, and it deters people from continuing to sin. A permissive society is a cesspool of the world. The sins denounced are those against the most basic rights of every individual to ensure a healthy and orderly home as well as society. Study them carefully. They're basic. They're simple. The Ten Commandments today are unconstitutional, our Supreme Court Justice say. You know why? Because they're afraid the students might read them and, and, and obey them. How tragic. And so here you have Moses commanded the people of Israel to write the law. In large stones, once they entered the land, and after setting them on Mount Ebal, they were to pronounce the cursings in order to be responsible and accountable to God for the law they had received and their obedience to it. Mm. This was accomplished in three ways, the three movements. The leader Moses with the elders commanded the people to write the law on stones. Now God has written the word in our hearts. It's there. The leader Moses and the priest spoke to the people to obey the commandments. The Holy Spirit speaks to us every day. And the Levites pronounced the curses to the people. 
you and I are made aware every time we read, every time we walk with God, of consequences. And we get to make the choice. So I pray that you realize your responsibility and accountability to God and His Word. Pastor Xavier Reese closes today's program with a gentle reminder about the importance of remaining faithful to the Word of God. Now, you can request a copy of today's study called Man's Accountability to God. It's available for just $4 on CD. And be sure to pass a copy along to those in your home church or Bible study. The title to ask for once again is Man's Accountability to God. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it really helps when you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, be sure and join us next time when Pastor Xavier Reese brings us more Simple Truths from his study from the book of Deuteronomy. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 